This episode of Priority One Podcast is sponsored in part by Geek Nation Tours for helping us provide live coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. This episode is also brought to you by Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Admirals. You're listening to episode 239 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded live on Thursday, September 10th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, September 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Jace. I'm Kenna. And I'm Mark. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello. Hey there, Winters. Kenna, why don't you tell us what's coming up in this episode? Well, first and foremost this week, we are saying goodbye to our venerable Captain Pentad as he embarks on a new journey. But our journey must continue, so while we lament Jace's departure, we're also celebrating Mark's return as a weekly host of Priority One. So I hope you'll join me in welcoming him back as a permanent member of our bridge crew. I will welcome you. I will join you. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. In Trek It Out this week, we've got an interview with Armin Shimmerman, who's talking about his new film, Fifth Passenger. In Star Trek Online news, we've got first impressions of the new featured episode, Midnight, the finale in the Iconian War story arc. We're also dishing on the latest gossip regarding Season 11, A New Dawn, and Mark has the details of the Jem'Hadar ships from the latest R&D pack promotion. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages, so chat with us during our live streams on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live or answer our community questions by commenting on our website Facebook.com forward slash Priority One or via Twitter at STO Priority One. Did you know that this podcast isn't all we've been up to? Be sure to keep your eye on PriorityOnePodcast.com for the latest in Trek-themed news and reviews and Star Trek Online videos made specially by our team. And exclusively on our Facebook page, every month we'll be publishing a new comic following the adventures of the USS Prioritas. Head to facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and check it out. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, that make this show possible from week to week. Because of your support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Priority One. One last thing, listeners, our rating team is looking for new contributors to the blog. If you're interested, shoot us an email at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com or click on Red Shirt Uncle Sam on our website for more information. And now, back to Las Vegas with Armin Shimmerman. I don't know. Then let's break it out. 
So joining me today is Scott Baker, writer and director for The Fifth Passenger, and Armin Shimmerman, who is cast in the project yourself. Thank you both for joining me here on Priority One Podcast. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. So why don't we first start with an overview of the project, what the film is about, and uh, what viewers and fans can expect to see. Uh, well, Fifth Passenger is a sci-fi thriller, uh, much like the first Alien film. And that stars Tim Russ, um, Marina Sirtis, uh, Doug Jones, Armin Shimmerman, uh, Mano Interemi, Morgan Laraya, Hannah Hate. And uh, the basic story is you have five people in an escape pod after their ship blows up. But the catch is the pod is only made for four people. And uh, to spice things up even further, we throw in an alien creature. And so there's a lot of, a lot of suspense, a lot of tension, um, character-driven story. Um, about uh, about what it means to try to survive. The... Now, this project is um, independently created. It, was it? Talk to us about you know what it took to to make and film a project like yeah. this. Well, well, this project's about four years in the making. It's it, it, it's an original story that that I, I first developed and brought um, Morgan Lorai in to co-produce and co-write, um, and, and she's also the lead character in it. And she's very good. Yes, it's very, very good. And um, so we wrote some drafts of the story, and we took it around, and we got we got some actors excited about the project, Manu and, and Tim, and we, we shot a proof-of-concept trailer, and we tried to get it sold and developed the old-fashioned way, but um, it, it's hard these days as an independent filmmaker to get to get the, the Hollywood people to, to trust you with money, especially something that's sci-fi like this. So we, we took it to the fans on Kickstarter last year, okay. and uh, with, with the Star Trek cast that was attached, the, the fan people just like turned up, and, and it was kind of a humbling thing to see the, 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 the Star Trek fan base mm-hmm. like just jump up and support us, and you know they, they gave us money, and they, they, they tweeted and shared and Facebooked and did all the things to help promote it. So, so, so we raised the funds last year, and um, I know Mark Zikri from Space Command, and uh, we we worked out a deal to be able to shoot the film on his sets. Uh, we we did, you know, we we brought in our art team led by Robert Poe, who's a, a fantastic filmmaker himself, and he redressed the sets so that they work for our film but don't look like the Space Command sets mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And we we got a great crew together, and and everybody uh, pitched in. And it's a sort of thing where this kind of budget we're working on. Everybody's working for less than they normally would, but they're excited about you know about the story. They're excited about the cast that's in it, and it's a you know it's a different sci-fi film I think than than um, a lot of people are used to seeing, and that's that's what attracted I think so many people to this project. And refreshing, absolutely refreshing. Yeah. And you know it, it's it's interesting how film has developed over the last several years with things like crowdfunding, mm-hmm. right? It's no no it's no longer in the hands or controlled by higher-ups, and it really can become a project of passion that you can really aspire to. Now, now, Mr. Shimmerman, why don't you tell us about your character in, in, in the production? Well, I'm one of the survivors in the pod, and uh, we're all trying to figure out how we're going to survive. I, I believe I'm the kindest of the, uh, which is different for me, and one of the reasons I was attracted to the project, not only because of Scott and the actors involved, but because there's a part that I don't get to play very often, I, I really am the kindest person, I think. <laughs> uh, maybe the other actors might disagree with me. but And it was a chance to um, to play that kind of role. And uh, Although I always think of myself as a kind person, I don't often get a chance to do that. I, I'm a sort of a peacemaker and, and uh, a caregiver. So that's basically it. 
where, uh, what, you know, when reading the script, what, uh, what do you look for and what are you drawing from? Well, when I read the script, it kept me guessing. Uh, um, there's a question to be answered. And the beginning of the script was perplexing to me. And then I, at the end of the script, I understood why it was perplexing. And that's good. Right. That's good. And, and the relationships between the characters was very interesting to me as well. And, and uh, the truth is, I like the actors. Uh, I didn't know Scott at the time, but I do now, and I recommend him highly to anybody who wants to make a film. But I did know a lot of the actors, and I, I looked forward to working with them again. Wonderful. And now, let's talk about that relationship a little bit. Is it kind of like you know falling right back into place with working with other Star Trek alum? Is it you know that? that well, it is that. Um, Tim and I spent a lot of time together, and we had we had actually never worked together, uh, so it, it wasn't falling back into old chemistry. But all the actors that Scott assembled and the project assembled were terrific, comparable to any of the actors I worked with on, on Star Trek or anywhere else for that matter. And it was a delight to work with them. And, and we moved very quickly uh, because of our budget, because of the way Scott shot. Um, we moved very quickly, and so um, choices had to be made very quickly, and, and that's all good. Um, it's a little bit of renegade movie making, but out of that comes wonderful things. And, I, and although I haven't seen any of the dailies, I have seen the trailer. It looks phenomenal. The trailer phenomenal. looks absolutely fantastic. Thanks, and, thanks. Um, and I was told that Tobias Richter is doing visual effects, mm -hmm. yeah. and very many people know you know his work. It, it looks gorgeous, and it, that trailer grabs it. It really yeah, does thanks, grab it. Thanks. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to to, to see uh, this hit the market in some way. How are you hoping to well, publish this? Um, it's because it's an indie film, and, and this, this is my first uh, feature as a director. I, I haven't, I don't have established distribution yet, and we're we're uh, taking meetings with people now, and, and, and we're talking to, to different outlets to, mm -hmm. to try to figure out what that looks like. Because we don't have a list cast, it's hard to say. Okay, we're definitely going to be in the theaters, so it's something where you know part of it is coming to conventions like mm -hmm. like here and getting getting the fans to support us so that we can say hey look at this is this is how many facebook likes we have this is how many fans we have that are willing to come out and see the movie and that gives us that gives us power to say you know we we deserve to be in the theaters um and then also you know uh, obviously the biggest component is at the end of the day that it's a good film and and that's been my motto kind of along the way and why this has taken so long to happen is because i didn't want to compromise and, and make a half-assed movie. I wanted I wanted this to be good. Like it's got my name on it. It's got Armin's name on it. It's got all these people that that put their time and effort into it. There's, there's no point in turning something out that isn't that isn't good. That isn't quality. You know. And so I'm I'm taking the time I need to make this as good as I can. And then when it's done, we show it. Um, and, and hopefully the the powers that be, the you know the distributors that can make it happen, will will, will help us get into the theaters. If if not that, I mean, there's there's Sci-Fi Channel and, and you know other other uh, you know venues like that. But obviously, eventually it will be on you know Netflix and DVD and all those things. But it's that sort of waterfall where you start with the theatrical, try to get it there, and then everything else kind of comes after that. But this was an incredible group of people who got together and worked very hard and worked very well and they were very talented and and it was a delight to go to work every day uh, we were in a confined space so it would be easy very easy to get on everyone's nerves very quickly that never happened at least uh, not while i was there and i think the quality of work that i saw uh was stupendous you know you mentioned the conventions and, and um, mr Schumann, i want to ask you 
over the years, we've seen conventions blow up. People in cosplay, people wearing the makeup. Is it safe to say that 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 you prefer stage work a little bit? You, your your passion is for stage work in, in many ways. Yes, uh, a lot of my friends from Star Trek, like myself, consider ourselves stage actors first and TV actors second. And 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 for me, stage has always been my true love. And and I help run a theater called Antius. And if people want to go and visit us at Antius.org, that would be terrific. See what we're up to. We. Um, for me, I was trained to be in the theater. I have a Broadway background. I did a lot of regional theater. I, as I said, I run a theater in, in Hollywood, North Hollywood. And uh, when asked, I always say I'm a stage actor first. So I want to ask you, um, it, it was interesting. I saw a Business Insider interview with uh, the gentleman that hosts uh, Mythbusters. He was talking about cosplay and how it's almost a new form of theater. That there's a narrative that is being created. I myself actually have a Bachelor of Arts in Performing Arts. I'm a singing actor. And so I'm, uh, when, I, when I saw this, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, when, when I heard him say this, I found it fascinating. Do you, what, what, what do you think about that? About people dressing up, getting into the makeup, and then initiating this, this, this new narrative between actors, role-playing. Could, could you, is it always a, a, an evolution of theater? I, I will be honest with you. Um, it, it may indeed be a new evolution of theater. Um, one of the things that I am, am enthused about, passionate about, is the written word. So, um, for me, theater is always about the actor interpreting the written, the written word. So, improv, although it's glorious when it's done well, I, I consider it art. I certainly consider it art. But I don't always consider it my type of theater. Everybody has their preferences. So, um, uh, I love seeing it. It's, it is valuable. It may be the up-and-coming art. But for me, I'm a traditionalist. I like to have a script uh, uh, that I can interpret and, and do my best to, to make the, the writer's words uh, come alive. It's interesting. I, you know, several years ago at the New Jersey convention, you did uh, Richard III's monologue. Yes. It was fantastic. Thank I mean, you. Thank you're you're, you're a, a, a so talented craftsman, and it's a, it's a real pleasure uh, speaking with you. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, your work and the work of everyone else on, on Fifth Passenger. So thank you very much yeah, for yeah. stopping by. Yeah, yeah. For Thanks sure. for having yeah. us. How can, how, how can uh, the audience find you and, uh, well, and get we have, we have uh, fifthpassenger.com, and uh, so you can you can see the trailer there, or you, we're on all the social medias. We have a fan page on Facebook. Uh, just you know, look up Fifth Passenger Five TH Passenger, and we're on the Twitters and the, the Instagram. Um, I'm constantly posting on Instagram pictures from behind the scenes. So if you want to see Armin in action, or yeah. or Tim Russ, or Marina, I'm I'm always posting up pictures of the cast and crew as those are working to kind of keep that dialogue going with like the Kickstarter backers and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. It's, a, it's an excellent film. I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished project. Thank you, gentlemen, for stopping by and speaking with us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having us. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Executive producer Stephen Salami Inferno Ricosa announced the end game of the war this week, and I'll let him speak for himself. The Iconians have been a constant threat in Star Trek Online for over five years, and we've been in open war with them for nearly six months. The Alliance has enjoyed minor victories and suffered major defeats, but they now have a technological advantage they are scrambling to bring into the field. With their backs against the wall and the Temporal Prime Directive in mind, the Alliance is poised to make an unthinkable decision. 
These are dark times, filled with tough choices and personal sacrifice. The future can be bright again, but it's always darkest before the dawn. Star Trek Online is proud to present the finale to the Iconian War, Midnight. The new featured episode, Midnight, is now live. We won't spoil the Iconian storyline, but make sure you trek it out as soon as you can. There will be a series of weekly episode rewards as usual. The first week is the Soul Defense Deflector Array. Developed by the Utopia Planitia Fleet Yards, the Soul Defense Deflector Array is designed to offer defensive benefits first and foremost. The array enhances a ship's hull and shield healing abilities while offering added protection against slowing, disabling, and draining effects. Players will receive the Soul Defense Deflector Array at a rank-appropriate mark, and it can be freely upgraded to Mark 12. Further upgrades will require technology points and dilithium as normal. Plus a featured episode weekly reward box, an enhanced universal tech upgrade or a captain specialization point. The weekly reward box, tech upgrade and specialization point box are all bound to account and may be freely traded between your characters. The specialization point box requires the opening character to be level 50 or above. The Sol Defense Deflectorary is part of the Desperate Defenses set. Collect pieces from this set to unlock powerful set bonuses. Impact Distribution Manifolds is a two-set piece, increasing your ship's kinetic and energy damage resistance ratings. Discharge Repair Nanites is a three-piece bonus, restoring hit points to allied ships within range. Affected ships then release additional nanites, restoring hit points to allied ships and fighters in a small area around each target. Finally, the first time you play the mission on a character, that character also receives the title Peacemaker and the Iconian Vest Outfit. Once unlocked, this outfit can be used by either male or female captain. It gives you the Vest Outfit category and offers uh, many different options with a full color palette, multiple accessories, upper and lower body segments. I haven't gotten to play with this yet, but I'm pretty excited about it based on what we've seen in the missions of their outfits. So what are you waiting for? Get out there, Heroes of the Milky Way. So that brings us to this week's community question. Have you played the new featured episode Midnight? If so, what was your favourite part and what was your least favourite part? Executive producer Steve Salami Inferno Ricosa has been doing the rounds of several MMO websites, giving interviews promoting the launch of Season 11, A New Dawn. Each interview seems to give a little more away, and here's what we've pulled together so far. Regarding story content... So this is the post-Iconian War era, and we will be making contact with new civilizations and at least one new villain who is known in the Star Trek universe but hasn't previously been seen in Star Trek Online. Now, The first part of the season will set us up for a larger story arc that will run through 2016. Now that, as he says, the time travel genie is out of the bottle, all factions will have access to time travel and we will definitely have to deal with that fact. Now, in addition to that, we will learn through Mirror Lita how the Iconian War went in the Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universe will head up the story covering the aftermath of the Iconian War, with the Mirror Fleet now invading DS9 and the Badlands. There will be two new featured episodes as well as four new story episodes as part of the Cardassian Arc revamp. And there will also be two new PvE queues with Elite Modes and a new Space Battle Zone in the Badlands. 
Next up is talking about the new reputation. The Mirror Universe reputation has now been confirmed. The endgame gear for this rep will be provided by the Klingon House Peg, who had designed special gear for fighting the Federation, but when the Kitamura Accords were signed, it was hidden away until it was needed again, which would be about now. And finally, regarding the Admiralty system, the Admiralty system has been designed from the ground up to reward more active involvement in choices compared to the Duty Officer system. There are fewer but more impactful choices to make and the rewards for each will be more substantial. Now, there are campaigns within the Admiralty system and they're more similar to crafting schools than the DOF system. They have tiers that unlock rewards and it's a single long-term progression meter to be filled. And there are tours of duty as well, which are shorter, repeatable missions within campaigns. We'll leave links to the full interviews in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO239. Hot off the heels of the Dolph Pack promotion comes the R&D Pack variant. From now to the 24th of September, there is an additional bonus when opening research and development packs. When purchasing a pack from the C store, open it and you'll either get 10 Lobby Crystals or a choice of the Jem'Hadar Strike Ship or the Jem'Hadar Recon Ship as well as your usual R&D pack. The ships have an added bonus. If you have any other Jem'Hadar ship, you can attach the Dominion Defence screen, which we'll talk about later. Equip all three Dominion consoles available and receive a set bonus to improve the screen console. This console cross-links your weapon and shield power conduits to overcharge your shields. The blog states that your shields will be nearly impenetrable and regenerate at an incredible rate. However, firing weapons can rapidly reduce the duration of this effect. Additionally, while equipped, this console provides a modest passive boost to both critical hit chance and critical hit damage. This bonus is always active. This console mod can be equipped in any console slot, but may only be used in Jem'Hadar vessels. You may only equip one of these mods on any single ship. Small note, newly purchased packs only offer the chance to win the ships during the event. When the event ends, packs go back to normal and older packs will not offer the chance to win the ships. However, packs purchased during the event but opened after the event ends still benefit from the promotion. Now, the recon ship is tier 6, which is an enhanced version of the attack ship. It features both a Lieutenant Commander Tactical Pilot Hybrid and a Lieutenant Universal Intel Hybrid Specialist Seat. It maxes out its hull strength at 46,000 at level 60, a shield modifier of 1, 4 forward and 3 aft weapon slots, and the boff layout is 1 Commander Tactical, 1 Lieutenant Commander Tactical and Pilot, 1 Ensign Engineering, 1 Lieutenant Commander Universal, and 1 Lieutenant Universal and Intel. Console modifications are 5 Tactical, 4 Engineering, and 2 Science. It comes with a plus 15 to weapon power and a plus 5 to engine power, and has the ship mastery package of precise weapon systems, tactical manoeuvring, enhanced weapon systems, and devastating weaponry. The trait, go for the kill. While this trait is slotted, critical hits extend duration of active cannon rapid fire by 3 seconds and may occur once every 5 seconds. The highlight of this week's release notes, of course, is the new episode, Midnight. This featured episode is available at levels 10 plus for now. If you are a lower level captain, I suggest you go ahead and get into the mission. Once the featured episode event is over, it will be a level 60 episode and you will need to go through the preceding episodes to unlock it. In other news, they resolved an issue where after viewing a bridge officer status page, that officer's slotted powers would reset after transferring maps. Actually happened to me a couple weeks ago. Quite annoying, I didn't realize it at first and had a very weird power load up on my bridge officers. 
They added some information for when a player does a respec on their captain that some skills and traits may be unslotted during retraining and may need to be re-slotted. Some display issues were fixed, planets flickering, objects appearing gray and fog, and interactable objects still glowing after being interacted with. And the Foundry has gained the Dyson Sphere Interior 01 map, aka Dyson Joint Command, as it would have looked before the Alliance found it. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Al Captain Gecko Rivera tweeted, For those that enjoyed STO Midnight, don't forget to thank Garrett R. Wong, Robert McNeil, Aaron Eisenberg, and our special guest, Denise Crosby. Maria Rosso at Zeronius Rex tweeted, Dear STO players, thank you for all the praise for Midnight. The team worked really hard on it, and your positive feedback is heartwarming. Community manager Laughing Trendy tweeted, Curlin's here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that tweet. I love it. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. This weekend, the 17th through the 21st of September, is an R&D weekend. And the following weekend, starting the 24th, is a bonus XP weekend. There's also a Dilithium weekend in the calendar for the end of October, but as always, future events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep an eye on the in-game calendar, or keep tuning in to Priority One Podcast for the latest updates. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at that part of the show where we're opening hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, do you have anything to add to our PowerCube discussion? Do you think it's a problem? And what changes, if any, would you like to see in STO with regards to this issue? Thomas Townley wrote on PriorityOnePodcast.com, Another host down? Stop playing Russian roulette with the phaser, darn kids. Well, the phaser wouldn't be so dangerous if it wasn't for that darn power creep. Now it's a Mark 14 gold phaser with so many mods. Used to just sting. Now it burns. It burns! You might want to have that checked out. (laughs) 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 Sean Newboy posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Wonderful show, everyone. Nice to hear Mark again. Sorry to hear Jace is leaving. Rock that education, Jace. As for Power Creep, it's just a side effect of a long-running game. Ketev writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Power Creep is a problem in every MMO, but checks and balances are placed in-game to limit it, just like the newer Mirror Event queue or the Reputation Power limitations come in. The Power Creep will make the devs remaster the queues eventually to rebalance for the higher DPS level. Looking at you, no-win scenario. I do not expect us to ever reach the levels that we did with the broken research lab consoles, but it proves there's a lot of headroom to the DPS scale. DPS builds also have to do with skill, as Jace pointed out, but also tools like macros. Fair point, we didn't really talk about third-party tools or even in-game resetting of your controls to be more efficient. Certainly not, Jake, commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Great show as always, P1. In regards to power creep, I'd simply echo the panel in saying it is a necessity of the medium. Players need enticement not only to continue playing, but also to continue purchasing the new shiny. In my opinion, Cryptic and PWE have done a fair to good job at finding balance, and so long as they stay the course, the game should continue to grow and evolve. 
truly bummed to hear Jace will be leaving. He's such a natural fit, a solid anchor, and a wealth of knowledge. He possesses that rare ability to be both the straight man and the comic, and does both extremely well. His absence will no doubt be felt. Anyway, great show, guys. Keep it up. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One or shoot an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 239 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. Have you played the new featured episode, Midnight? And if so, what was your favourite part? And what was your least favourite part? Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comment section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a Twitter reply. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media website. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priorityonepodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at priority one You can even join the priority one podcast chat in game just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one admirals we want to thank you for your ongoing support of priority one podcast thanks to our patrons we've already hit our monthly running costs and thanks to geek nation tours we were able to bring you on-site coverage of the 2015 star trek las vegas convention from our own table at the convention hall and don't forget to tune in to priority one's productions of guard frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. Email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you could become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah, our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Asmaria DePost. Thanks to our graphics artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs. That's T-O-W-R-Y designs.deviantart.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L, To our Foundry reviewer, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman, and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek Online community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. And finally, from me and Mark and the rest of the Priority One podcast team, we want to wish Jace the very best in the future, and this is a heartfelt thanks for everything he's done for us over the years. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. The new featured episode, Midnight, is now like that. <sighs> I'm doing that nose thing again. <laughs> I gotta sort myself out. Mid Midnight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the new, new featured, featured episode, episode, Midnight, is now live. We represent the lollipop kill. <laughs> Jeez. Gotta, you know, though, it's not that much of a stretch between that and your Ferengi voice. That's disturbing. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, female. <laughs> can, can we back, get back to like what we're supposed to be doing? We're now? waiting on you. Oh, oh right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> we'll leave links to the full interviews in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash. Forward slash. Forward slash. That's what I'm doing right now. Funny that. Uh, we'll leave links to the... Uh, <laughs> shut up. Chase, it's you. Chase. 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 Is he gone? Oh, sorry. Chase. I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like talking to myself about release notes. It was awesome. You should have heard it. Oh. Wow. I'm sorry. I missed it. It's the first sign of madness. How about... Do you want to maybe talk to us about release notes? That'd be great, too. Yeah. Hey, guys, there were release notes this week. <laughs> oh, my God. There were some notes that were released. And they're a thing. Most importantly, a big thanks to Curland. Curland here. Curland here. Curland here. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't skip that one. It was too good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Newboy posted on PriorToWinPodcast.com. Wonderful how everyone. What? That's supposed to be a wonderful show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Sean. No, 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 no. That was all me. That was all me. I was wondering, was he going to do it? Oh, oh you are That was subtle. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. That was subtle. <laughs> wonderful how everyone. <laughs> Apparently you're mega muffed, whatever that means. I think he means muffled. Yeah, yeah, Fargonaut said muffled. You said mega muffed. <laughs> no, Fargonaut said mega. Oh. <laughs> I just read that wrong. I'm sorry. And let's check out what happened in Stow News. Can you say that one more time? It sounded like what happened. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Chase, are you finally drinking with us? With mine friends. And now let us check out what has happened in STO News. Elijah will be in China next week as well. So, that's two weeks you won't have to deal with that. Yeah, he got a job for Apple assembling iPhones, I think, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I stop you there for a second, Jason? Can you start that over and sound a little happier because we're celebrating? I know. (laughs) I'm trying to be dignified here. You sounded like you were at a funeral. Can you sound as bubbly as you possibly can? Oh my god, it's like totally Cookie's one-year anniversary playing Star Trek Online. Guys, listen. That's exactly how I want you to say it. Well, I just did, so there you go. And remember, you heard it here, Captains, straight from Cookie's mouth. Don't touch it until you know what you're doing with it. I was really, Mm -hmm, Because it costs money. Oh, jeez, come on. I did not, okay. That was a perfect follow-up, Cookie. 
Later on, we'll open Hailing Frequency and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Hailing Frequencies. I'm about to open something. It's a can. <laughs> you know what's in that can? <laughs> now, Captain, unfortunately, we regret that the rest of the Priority One team could not be there with us. You don't sound regretful. You should have put Reed with sincerity. <laughs> so I asked, I, I don't know if that's, whatever. She's having a baby this weekend. What does this have to do? Listen. Shh. So I, so Emily and I were, were talking about getting him, like getting the baby a, a keepsake, and we knew that the first name was was Aaron. So we were like, all right, well, is, is the baby gonna have a middle name? And uh, my uncle goes to me, "What do you think of Jace?" Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. You, Immortalize. You say yes. I mean, definitely. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I was like, I was like, I, he's not even gonna nearly understand. You just say well. When you yeah, say man. that name, it brings to mind sophistication, sex appeal, <laughs> class, professionalism, and intellect. <laughs> so I encourage you to name your children after this legendary figure. Uh, <laughs> He's talking about like out. if you wanna if you wanna RP, like when you die. Well, uh, <laughs> it's time to wake up. Better get up. Well, if you hadn't called me in early. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Blooper. Oh, that's a good one. Several weeks ago in episodes 158 and 158.5, we chatted with STO's lead designer, Albert... Some guy. We chatted with... <laughs> uh, Some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect the Captain Gecko. I was just starting to say Rivera. All right. Al, some guy. <laughs> I'm going to get tweeted about that. Intelligence Legends. Who did that? <laughs> oh my gosh. What? That All right. So clearly, well. Google is not that smart. <laughs> oh my gosh, all of them are like that. <laughs> no, they're not. Every yes. single intelligence yep. says intelligence. Oh. Did you find and replace Shit. them all? Is that what you did? Yeah, I did. In the I did. intelligence legends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that is high tech. <laughs> cookie, cookie, cookie. It's just so funny. I'm sorry. I didn't even have to make a joke. What happened? I was like, I said my sock is ready because I have a sock on my mic <laughs> and she heard something very different I heard oh. what you said alright children <laughs> and be sure to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com coming on the Guard Frequency that's what you did last time Guard Frequency theme song covering the ongoing development <laughs> okay <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right, Woody Valley commented, "Not a fan of DS9." Hey, Elijah, would you say that it's a fake? It's a fake. Go on, I know you want to. Thanks, guys. Cookie, can you make a note that we need? Uh, we'll need to have that clip ready for feedback, please. Okay, let me just see uh, where Deep we Space are. Nine, at, in um, okay. Deep Space Nine. It's a fake from. Uh, in a pale, in a, in the pale moonlight, or in a pale moonlight, I forget. And if he doesn't know where it's a fake is from, he's fired. <laughs> I actually didn't know where it's a fake is from, so I should be fired. <laughs> 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 and 
another great show in bloopers. Wine, anyone? Sangria for me today. Oh, that sounds nice. And other things, whatever your mouth was full with when you were trying to speak earlier. Ice, ice. Baby. <laughs> I didn't read who it was. Good catch, Sons, y'all. Ice, like, messes up Elijah's focus and stuff, I think. Ooh. I think it, like, really does something to, like, the brain freeze what? thing. I think there is something to that. No, I, it's numb tongue. It's numb tongue. I'm sure that's and part I've of it, too. Had, like, four, but it's like, not exclusive four, to the tongue. Is what hey, I'm guys. Had, like, four glasses can you mute yourselves and then argue? And then I'll go ahead and read my part. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the only bilingual one here. Well, why would it have so many words sound exactly the same mean all kinds of different things? Some of them are even spelled the same. How do people learn this language? Cookie, there's nine words left in the show. For the love of God <laughs> and my own sanity. This is Elijah, closing, sync one. This is Cookie, closing, sync two. This is Jace, <laughs> closing, sync three.